Yevamos Perek Yod, Mishnah Beis 10-2, and the Mishnah continues on with the case of the previous Mishnah, which was, we had a woman who was married to Mr. A, and then she thought Mr. A was dead, and so she married Mr. B, and then she discovered actually that her original, her husband, Mr. A, was actually still alive. So the previous Mishnah we talked about, I'll call it the financial considerations, etc. Here we'll talk about the question of what about the korban, which is the korban chattis that one brings. Uh, normally, when one violates an Isser de Oraisa, which carries the penalty of karas, like, for example, Aishas Ish, a woman who's married to another man, the consequences are if she does it bishogeg, and that's important, shogeg means she she didn't intend to do a sin, but she had some control over matters, and therefore she bears some responsibility. So in order to expiate herself, to atone for a sin, she would bring a korban chatas. The question is, what's the requirement over here in our scenario where she... It one of two possibilities. You recall from the previous Mishnah, there were two scenarios. One scenario was where a single witness came and reported to her that her husband had died. And the halacha we said is she could rely on that witness, um, but the, we set the bar very high in terms of consequences if it turns out that he was wrong. Usually the standard is, of course, that you need to have two witnesses to establish a halachic fact. So um, if she was relying on a single witness, she would have to go to the Bezdin, um, it's actually Machlokas Ramah Paskans at Bezin of three, Lamaisa, although Chalkas Machokek, another important one of the Nose Kalem commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, says a single, even a single expert would be okay. Either way, she goes and relies on that, um, those experts or experts, and then it turns out they were wrong. Um, if there were two witnesses who had come to her and told her that her husband had died, she wouldn't need to go to the Bezdin at all. She could, like, just know she's a widow and then remarry without getting any sort of formal authorization from the court. So here the Mishnah says, Ha'isha shahalach ba'ala sayam. That woman who went, her husband went to the overseas. Now, that's the case. So the Mishnah begins, I, I didn't, that was the beginning of the first Mishnah. Here the second Mishnah begins with the words, Nisus al-pi bezdin. So she gets married based on the ruling of the Bezdin, which means, again, there was just one witness who came. And then it's discovered that she married, she was living with a second person, Mr. B, in sin. So first of all, Tetze, they have to separate, meaning they have to get, I'll call it divorced. Really, in truth, they never were married. But since it sure looked like they're married, we'll force them to get divorced. And that means even that she'll, he'll need to get a, a get, give her a get, which, of course, is rabbinic in nature. They weren't married in the first place. But more importantly, says the Mishnah, Upatura min korban. She, and really he too, are exempt from being a korban chatas because since she followed the ruling of the court, they shoulder responsibility. What more could you ask of her? And therefore, she's exempt for any obligation to bring a chatas. She's not considered to be like really even a shogeg. She's less than a shogeg. Like this was totally, what more could she do? And therefore, a circumstance beyond her control. That is how our Tana Paskins. However, the Allah does not follow our Mishnah. As we'll see, I'll sum up in the end of the, of the Mishnah, she actually will have to bring a Korban. Further says the Mishnah inside, Lo nises al pi bezdin. If, on the other hand, she literally, she didn't get married based on the ruling of a court. That is to say, two witnesses came and she took their testimony at face value and never consulted with a court, and therefore she never got the authorization of the court, and therefore the court isn't sort of shielding any responsibility, so she did it all by herself. So therefore, of course, she bears some responsibility um, in making the wrong call, and that being the case, when it's found out that she made a mistake and she's living with Mr. B in sin, we'll call it. So first of all, Tate say, of course, he has to divorce her, 
But more than that, the chayevis bakorban, she will now be obligated to bring a korban chatas. And therefore the Mishnah observes, yafakoch bezdin, the power of a court is actually more potent in a way than simply two witnesses coming to give her information. Shepotram in a korban, because the court's shouldering responsibility will exempt her from having to bring a korban chatas, at least according to our Mishnah, but not lahalacha. Further, the Mishnah says, like a new paragraph, Horua Bezdin Lenase, the Bezdin Paskins that she could get married. So that was the case again. One, let's say, one witness comes, and then the Bezdin says, yes, she can get remarried. But who does she marry? Vahalcha, the Kilkala. She goes and messes herself up, meaning she gets remarried, but not someone who she's allowed to get married to. All right, she marries, let's say, she's now, she's a widow, she thinks, so she marries the Kohen Gadol. That would be forbidden, of course. Um, or, any of the other people she can't marry, imams or absuadaka and v'chule v'chule, all these kind of people. So then, if it turns out after the fact that Mr. A was really alive, and therefore she was an Ashishish, she was married. Now chayavas bekorban. In contrast to the previous line of the Mishnah, which had said if she's relying on the bezdin, they totally exonerate her of any responsibility. Now, since in this case she'll be obligated to bring a korban chatas for having slept with Mr. B, shalohitiruha ella linase, because all that the bezdin authorized her to do is to get married. Um, but not um, to mess herself up. I and mean, they said you can get married to an eligible bachelor, but these whoever she married now is not, not an eligible, you know, permitted husband. I shouldn't say bachelor; could be remarried. The truth is, but anyways, um, this person was forbidden to her, and therefore the bezin never authorized that marriage, and therefore she acted on her own, and therefore since her act ended up being one in which she was already married, and beilas nos a forbidden union. That being the case, she'll now be obligated to bring a korban. As I said before, and I'll say again now, the halacha actually is not like this at all. The halacha is that essentially in no case would the Bezdin ever shoulder responsibility um, to exempt a person from bringing a korban chatas like this. Bottom line is if a person acted and made this mistake, then they'd have to bring a korban chatas. The only time where the Sanhedrin, where, the, where Bezdin could shoulder responsibility and a person could do an Isser Karas Beshogig and yet not have to bring a korban is a scenario where the Bezdin makes a, a ruling that's erroneous based on their wrong svara, they, their wrong application of the halacha, as opposed to our case actually is just simply a cult of ta'os, the mistake. They thought he was dead, but he wasn't. But if they actually consider the halacha and they rule that it's something permitted, and it turns out it wasn't permitted, and we're talking about the Sanhedrin Agadol, the great Sanhedrin, if they do that mistake and the majority of Kalal Yisrael follows their mistake um, to the point that they'll have to bring a different korban called the Parhe Alem Davar, a special korban offered in such a scenario. So then all the individuals, um, every Jew who did the Avera, um, will be off the hook. But uh, if it wasn't the majority or it wasn't a, a sock based on Svar, but a, but a, a Taos, a mistake, and certainly if it's just a single basin of three, like the Ramah Paskins and our Mishnah, or, or even of one expert, all the more so, um, certainly the woman would have to uh, bear some responsibility and therefore bring a korban chatas.